Welcome to Talking Walking, hosted by Andrew Stuck from Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. Talking Walking brings you interviews with people from the world of walking, artists, activists, professionals, and those of us who have a passion for just taking a walk. Rachel Ett Buller is an interdisciplinary artist based in Kansas in the United States. She's the recipient of two Fulbright scholarships, the latest for which she went to a wintry Edmonton in northwest Canada to make a piece of walking art called 100 Days of Walking. Her piece has now been shortlisted for the inaugural Marshato Award for Walking Art. We talk over the internet on a Zoom call about the importance to her of using different media to create her work, including embroidery, bookmaking and recording the sounds of the environment through which she walks. We also discuss how she maintained her discipline throughout the 100 days by keeping to a walking score and how she has exhibited her work. The interview opens with me asking her to explain a little bit about the Fulbright Scholarship Programme. A couple of things that I was particularly picked up on what I wanted to sort of kind of explore was uh, something about the Fulbright Scholarships. Also, uh, I'm kind of intrigued. Is this a, uh, the sort of thing where you actually put forward a proposal to the scholarship and then you have to... Uh, deliver on that proposal or is it something where you say you'd like to do a broad topic and you go somewhere and then you choose a hundred days of walking (laughs) how does it work well okay so it's more the former where you put forward a proposal of what you want to do and why you want to go where you're proposing to go so uh the fulbright program Oh, I think it was established in 1954 by it. So it's a U.S. federal government program, but it's a series of agreements with different countries around the world. I think they have partnerships with 60 or 70 some countries. I think with each country, it's different what kinds of opportunities there are for researchers and teachers and students, because they have all levels from undergraduate students up through you know, distinguished professors and uh, sort of early career, late career. Uh, so the first project um, I undertook with came out of my dissertation research and I was proposing to go to a very specific place uh, in, Berlin, in Berlin to do this research in a very specific way and the most recent Fulbright I had which yes I, I feel incredibly lucky to have had two opportunities that, that they granted me twice so in 2022 I spent the winter and spring in Edmonton Alberta at the University of Alberta there and the proposal I put forth was a, a research creation project where I was proposing to do both research and writing as well as making on a series of of works about uh, listening and slow practices. So walking was part and ended up being part of it. It, I don't know that it was necessarily part of my proposal initially, but it was one of the ways that I was trying to experience being in a new, in a place that was new to me was through daily walking. Part of it I should say also, I think, came out of, because this was uh, late 2021, early 2022, uh, it was the rise of the Omicron variant of COVID. And I knew that I didn't want to get to this place and be disappointed by what I couldn't do, you know, because of pandemic shutdown. And so I was trying hard to think about ways that I could set up the residency time for myself such that I would be able to do certain things. And I knew 
that if I set up, set up a series of daily practices for myself, doing some writing every day, doing some drawing every day, walking every day, that those were all the things that I could do, whether or not certain university resources were open to me. Well, well you chose to go to Edmonton in about the coldest time of the year. Yeah, which is so funny because, you know, winter's never been my favorite season. Um, yeah, like I felt like I really leaned in and embraced it as as an adventure, a time to be in this new place and experience it to its fullest. So so walking every day, no matter what the weather, you, you learn how to dress well for, for weather. In. What's it like at home? Well, I mean, what what's Kansas like? Does Kansas have hard winters too? So Well, sometimes. I mean, not so much anymore, but sometimes. Like we just... Actually, just this past weekend, we got 10 inches of snow, which was really unusual in recent years for us. Um, yeah, so I, I think a hard winter is sort of episodic here anymore. Like we have beautiful days and also snow and ice sometimes. But whereas I think in, in Edmonton, historically, it's been much more, you know, it snows and then the snow stays for months. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about the listening as well. How would you describe yourself as a multidisciplinary or multimedium artist? You've done a lot of work where you've done sort of stitching and sewing and embroidery. Is that right? You know, I think probably a decade ago, I would have described myself uh, more as a printmaker and a book artist. And, and anymore, I think of myself just more generally as an artist, trying to find whatever medium helps translate the idea the best. And so, yeah, in recent years, I've leaned much more into things like stitching and uh and drawing and partly because i'm interested in in how this current project i'm working on has to do with listening as a kind of artistic practice and the ways that artists facilitate and embody practices of listening through their materials through their methods through the ways that they set up engagements with other people yeah that's been very much kind of my interest in in these recent years how did going out and doing a kind of regular daily walk change the way your practice of listening? I always find that, you know, areas which are snow-covered really do deaden sound. Sounds can be very much softened. I'm, I'm wondering whether that was what you found when you were walking in Edmonton as well. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely, I would say, changed my practice of listening or or maybe just gave me a different kind of outlet for listening because I was seeing it as a, as a daily practice, something to, you know, to do regularly. I think it, it was a parallel in some ways to the kind of embroidery work where when I do that, like I get yeah, sitting, but it's a durational practice where I'm doing it for hours at a time. In this case, the daily practice was the duration. It was, you know, not walking for hours at a time, but walking, you know, maybe for an hour every day for 120 days or yeah, I think it, it helped me see a different form of embodied listening. And yeah, and definitely I would resonate, you know, in terms of your second second part of your question, I would resonate with that idea of the, the way that snow changes sound. Um, because when I first arrived in Edmonton, there had it had just it was just snowing and there was a fresh blanket of snow on the ground. And I was just astonished that at how quiet everything seemed. You know, and just when it snowed here last weekend, I noticed that again too, that when the snow first comes everything is so quiet but pretty quickly it starts to change anytime you know you're introducing people walking or cars or you know any kind of melting that happens and suddenly the sound returns in a different way so you know so I think the sound sort of changed over the days but one thing I really 
tried to pay attention to was the was the different sounds of the snow, I think, uh, in, in the walking, because sometimes it's crunching, sometimes it's slushy, sometimes it's melted and then refrozen, so it's more cracking as, as you walk across the, the ice. And um, so, yeah, so I made a whole sound piece related to the sounds of winter walking. The exhibition that you ended up making, what was sound part of the, the recorded sound part of what you were doing? Yeah, so so recorded sound was part of it. So I made, and I wasn't recording on all of my walks. It was a it was a pretty periodic practice of just trying to to catch some snippets of of the sounds of walking in the in the different kinds of snow and ice, and and then also with texts that I was writing layered in. So it ended up being an eight channel sound piece um, that I've also compressed to a stereo piece that people can listen to in, in earbuds if we don't have an eight channel set up, you know, with speakers all around. So that was definitely part of, you know, something that came out of it. Is that part of your skill set or did you have to find an engineer to help you put that together? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was, I felt really lucky to have access to faculty resources and people who were excited to help me learn some new things. So Scott Smallwood is the director of the Sound Studies Institute at the University of Alberta. And he showed me how to use this. I mean, I had done recording before. I'd worked in sound a little bit prior uh, but he showed me how to use this program to layer all the sounds into an eight-channel format um, and it was yeah, really generous with his time so it became part of an exhibition that I had um, here in Kansas earlier this year and then also exhibited uh, last spring in Edmonton as well. Uh, we're, we're talking about listeners they, they will get a glimpse I'm sure of of what the exhibition looked like, because we'll illustrate the podcast with a couple of images. Tell the listener a little bit about what they've been surrounded by, because it was very much a, a walk into exhibition rather than look at or listen. Yeah, so it, it definitely was multimedia, uh, you know, part of the, the joy of any time you have an intensive period of, you know, work time or residency that you just get to explore ideas in a in a more in-depth way than you might otherwise. Um, so I really tried to embrace that. So there were a series of letterpress prints, a portfolio that I made um, of texts thinking through different forms of uh, listening. The, the main part of one of the rooms was, uh, I think you've seen images of this, the hanging installation of a series of 100 artist books. I was making one, one accordion book for every day of 100 days of walking and then stitched them together and hung them from the ceiling in a sort of meandering path. Yeah, where, where, was it on fishing line or, or embroidery? It was hanging from the ceiling on fishing line. I had a vinyl on the floor beneath of the path of the North Saskatchewan River Valley where I walked every day. And so that was, it was sort of echoing the, or making a nod to the place as well. And the uh, accordion book, uh, there are drawings you made or watercolors or things that you created at the end of the walk or did you try to do something while you were walking yeah so it, it was definitely not made during the walk um so it was a more of a reflective response I guess to the to the walks yeah they're not representational drawings they're more maybe evocative of a landscape and each accordion book was the same length it was yes each was the same length and each was two yeah they're each two-sided and then I braided a hundred feet of cotton thread or cotton yarn to run through the, the center of each of them, punched a hole in the middle of all of them as a way to kind of attach them and then hanging them from the ceiling. 
Fantastic. You know, it would have been lovely to see. Something I was going to say, when we have snow in London, we, we so rarely get it now, as you say, it's sort of like uh, a changing climate. But when we do, the mechanical sounds soften, but something that is really lovely is the sound of children playing. It changes the behaviour of humans in such a way that both children and adults play. Something I really love is the fact that you get this Chitter chatter of excited voices and the occasional thud of a snowball that's been thrown and and that kind of sort of snow ambiences are actually rather special in London because of that. But but I imagine when you're walking up this river valley, were you in the suburbs of the city or did you actually get out into a bit of countryside? For the most part, I was in neighborhoods and yeah, in the in the city itself. Yeah, it's interesting that you that you, you mentioned the sort of playful nature because I definitely see that here you know with these uh, just occasional snows and you know working with university students some of whom haven't grown up with snow there's this real excitement to engage and experience snow maybe for the first time but one thing I noticed in Edmonton you know snow is just commonplace there but uh, I did notice the ways that the other sort of non-human or more than human beings played in the snow because there were these wonderful snowshoe hares that are everywhere up there so they look like the the bunnies that we have here but a more sort of dog size like really large they would hop through the yards and chase each other through the snow it was just delightful to watch okay so 120 days of walking i mean that that's a good chunk of a year uh, have you maintained your daily walks not every day i do it for the yeah i do i would say i walk most days with any sort of daily practice it's, it's good to have maybe an ending point, not that you can't keep doing it. Yeah, for, for that length of time, it was definitely useful to me to have time frame of 120 days. I knew I wanted to do it every day. And yeah, and then if you keep going after that, great. But yeah, so definitely still, I have some walking projects going. Uh, do you have a dog or children to accompany you? I don't have a dog. I do have children. Uh, we walked a lot together when they were younger. Now they're growing up and have their own lives, so they don't walk with me as much. Yeah, definitely if when we were looking to sort of decide where we wanted to, to live when the kids were small. Walkability was a huge thing for me to think about, okay, where can we walk to from, from this location? And so going forward, are you thinking about making more kind of walking art? Yeah, definitely. So I've been working on a series of walking scores and listening scores that some of which use walking as a kind of mode of activation. Using, you know, trying to think about how I can write these scores as a way to engage others into walking. Also working on a sort of early stage walking research project with a, with a colleague in Canada. So we'll see where that goes, but, but I'd be glad to share a couple of the scores if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. All right. So here's one that I wrote last year. Go for a wander and listen, listen with your feet as you follow the paths stretching before us and behind us far beyond our seeing. Listen with your fingers as you consider opening the windows and doors of possibility you find along the paths. Listen with all your senses to those seen and unseen who wander alongside, out of doors, out of windows, out of time. That's really good. Yeah, that's very evocative, isn't it? Here's another one I'll offer you. Walk with a friend in the early morning as the leaves begin to change. 
listen what the transitions of autumn as long days and long journeys prepare for transformation. Listen through crunching footsteps and recall how small celebrations help us traverse shifting seasons of illness and loss. Listen for how to walk alongside for the duration, encountering awkward burdens and stepping into moments of grace. Well, usually I ask um, my interviewees to recommend a couple of walks, but you've already suggested a couple of walking scores. Did you use a score for yourself to prompt you to, to actually do 120 days of walking? Yeah, so it was helpful to me, I guess, to give myself an assignment of sorts. And so, yeah, I wrote myself a score for winter walking, which is this. Go for a walk every day. Listen to what the snow, ice, sun, wind, trees, birds, structures, and beings tell your body about this place. Keep listening. You've been listening to Talking Walking, brought to you by Rethinking Stitches and the Museum of Walking. In this episode, you've heard from Rachel Epp Buller. If you have any views on this interview or on any walking issues, we'd love to hear from you. Just follow the links on the Talking Walking website. We look forward to having you along for future episodes of Talking Walking. Written, recorded and produced by Andrew Stark of Rethinking Cities Limited, our artwork is designed by Ian Martin of Arvark Graphics. And the music is composed by Simon Sanders of Easy Tronic. <laughs>